This series of Tilly at Home With is sponsored by Wanderlust. I don't know about you, but I've been really enjoying doing yoga at home and I've been using their new Wanderlust TV platform. There's yoga, meditation, breath work and fitness classes on there and all with world-class teachers from the US and the UK. Great news is that they're offering the listeners of this podcast a three-month subscription for just £9 and everything's included in that, so there are no excuses. Just go to tv.wanderlust.com and use the code Tilly at Home and find your true north. Welcome to Tilly at Home with Roxy Nafusi. Roxy is an emotional health advisor, a writer, qualified yoga teacher, ambassador for the Mental Health Foundation, self-love activist, manifesting expert and an Instagram agony aunt. Roxy works with one-to-one clients as well as hosting monthly sell-out self-development workshops and she also has a brilliant podcast series called The Moments That Made Me. Roxy is committed to transforming the lives of people who suffer with emotional and mental health issues and helping them to fulfill their potential. So welcome to Tilly at Home with Roxy Nafusi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. You're my first guest, actually, on this new venture, so it's very, very honoured to be here in your beautiful new house. Thank you. It's so nice to be on someone else's podcast and to be at home. I feel, I'm literally, if you can see me now, I've just had my lashes done, I'm in my pyjamas, no makeup on, and it feels so nice. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Oh, no, it's gorgeous here. And I know you just moved in, so it's so, it's got a lovely vibe. Yeah. Do you know what? It was the first night I moved in. I felt home. It didn't take time to settle in. It just was home straight away. And I've never had that before. I've moved around a few places, but Noah's ever felt so cozy. And I love being cozy. And I was amazed from seeing your stories and stuff. I was like, hang on. She can't have just moved in. It's like... (laughs) So brilliant. She wears all the boxes and all the like shit and nothing working. I'm like, it looks so, it's just gorgeous. The reason that I wanted to ask you to do this podcast was because I met you, I think it was about a year ago now. And so I've been following your journey of what you've been doing. And, you know, you speak so openly about the shit that you've been through and the kind of things that you've overcome. And I think that that's so interesting for people because we all want to do well and be more fulfilled and like get more success. But you you're achieving that now but obviously you've had a quite a few ups and downs Mm. so would you just share a bit of your journey and how you got here yeah of course I mean it's I guess for me it's so funny when people are like oh you've overcome so much I'm like have I for I I think I don't think that I have in a way because I I always think that people have had it so much worse and it's always my go-to but Yes, I have, I guess, in terms of suffering very, very severe depression from my, well, from my early 20s, late teens, and then becoming addicted to coke and alcohol um, and living a very sort of hedonistic party lifestyle where I now have been questioning how much I was depressed and how much I was just on a come down. What I would find was whenever I was feeling really healthy, I would find that flicker of joy. Um, and then it would go very quickly after I got back into this cycle of partying and hedonism and really seeking happiness in places where I would never find it. So in going to parties where I thought that cool people would be or by putting a picture of myself 
in looking at a certain way on Instagram and hoping that likes would validate me. So I was just seeking happiness in all these places and then becoming really like baffled when I didn't find it. And actually I felt totally lost. And that was a really a sort of 10 year journeys of ups and downs. And amongst all this, I suffered from the most severe self-loathing you could possibly imagine. I know a lot of people and when it comes to self-hate and insecurity about the way I look, I'm up there as one of the worst people that I know. And that is, that's the one thing I'm still battling with. That's still a journey. Luckily, I have overcome my sort of eating disorders that I've had and I'm in a really good place, but I'm definitely still, I've just done a CBT for that. So I'm, I'm actually still processing that. And I think that's okay. Also, I have achieved a lot in the last yeah and I'm really so grateful but I think it's okay to also say yes I have achieved a lot yes I'm in self-development but I also am still on my own journey and I kind of it's really amazing that I'm able to bring people with me on the journey as I'm going through it in a way yeah and and it's just gorgeous like how you you've shared those moments because I think that sometimes people's lives especially when you look on Instagram like you know, you're like, oh my God, she does this and she does that and she does that. And actually you can follow people like that and you end up feeling a bit shit. Like, yeah, yeah. well, I haven't done that. One. And <laughs> I think the fact that you balance, you know, the, your positive stuff with, with actually what you have went through to get there makes you makes it much more yeah. like, you know, you think, oh God, you know, she did that and she's overcome that. And so that is much more possible for yeah. other people to, to kind of, follow you in that way of kind of feeling well I hope so and that is honestly the reason I do it because I two years ago I when I had just found out I was pregnant I mean it was the worst that actually the pregnancy was the worst depression I've ever been through that was my darkest darkest time I still have a lot of trauma from it because it was so dark but I really had no career prospects I had so much self-loathing I'd gained six stone I was with a man I hardly knew about to have a baby living in a flat that looked like a student halls when I w- moved in you know just I was not in a good pl- and nothing in my life was really how I had wanted it to be at the age that I was which was 28 which funnily enough made me feel like a teen mum even though I wasn't but all oh, my friends none of my friends had yeah. babies then yeah. so I was like oh my goodness but anyway, then in the next two years, obviously, I have basically everything that I wanted to achieve, I've achieved. And the reason I want to share the story so much is because I want, I genuinely want anyone to understand that anything can happen at any time. You actually do have the power to build your career at any time of your life, to meet someone, have a baby at any time, to, if that's what you want, to transform your whole world. And if I just think, well, if I can do it, anyone can do it. I don't have any like special talent or, you know, I just do what is authentically me, which is help people. And I know that's what I thrive at. But yeah, and I think by able being able to share the history I think it's a blessing so I'm rambling but I think it's a blessing that I was on Instagram before all of this happened because there are a lot of people who followed my journey yeah so they can really see oh my goodness they've watched it unfold yeah so they haven't just seen me at this point in my life they've seen the whole journey and I think that for them 
is really empowering. Well, I hope it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know it's funny because you think like that expression, overnight success, is no such thing as an overnight mm. success. So it's for you, it is is so true because although it's like the last couple of years, like you said, it's going so well that actually it was the 10 years before yeah. that that kind of created who you are now. So totally. I guess also it's quite nice. I mean, I've, I, I know that I'm personally so super impatient and I was thinking, oh, if I haven't got that right now or if I haven't got, you know, that many followers or if I haven't got that many subscribers, then I'm, I'm just not going to, you know, I'm not going to bother or I shouldn't be doing it. I'm not good enough, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. And so I think, you know, understanding that it does take time and it takes a lot of consistent work and, you know, you're very, I feel like you're very consistent with what yeah. you what you do yeah I mean I am very very driven and very ambitious and I'm a real perfectionist so I definitely think that that helps yeah (laughs) me on my journey because I kind of if I have something in my mind that I want to do I will find a way to do it I don't accept no like I don't accept if something doesn't look like it will work the first way around there's another way to get there so I always think you know my ex actually used to say it to me he was like there's a million ways to get to the same place and that really stuck with me so if I had this vision so that you know that's a big part of manifesting if you have this clear vision you surrender to understanding you will get there it just might not be the way that you think it will be yeah and then you find a new avenue yeah that's so interesting I just wondered also because I was thinking about you a lot obviously today and I was thinking when like when did you when you're going through all that stuff yourself and you're obviously doing quite a lot of self-development when did you then decide actually I'm gonna help other people mm. now or did you just was it just kind of like a gradual thing that suddenly you found yourself like hearing advice for yourself and then thinking oh I could share that with my friends yeah. or did you suddenly go right I've learned enough now <laughs> I'm gonna tell everyone else that's a good question I was always the one that people would come to for advice when I was young so I definitely felt like I was like an old soul I guess and I really loved being able to help others and no matter what rock bottom I was in or whatever sadness I felt I always was happy when I was helping someone else and so that was kind of always in within me and I always had a desire to learn and to be happier and to develop so yes I learned loads on my own journey but I love making people feel good I like I really like and I think it comes from two things it's firstly like just I love being nice I think it's just like I always say like being nice is my superpower yeah and I like seeing people happy and I know how shit it feels to be in the gutter and to feel like you are you are worthless and I want to make everybody that I can reach feel less like not just less alone but actually give them the tools to change their lives because they can yeah they just don't know it yet or they don't believe it yet so it was that but then what happened was just before I got pregnant and I swear it must have been it was definitely the universe a month before I got pregnant I started doing my Agni on Sundays on Instagram so I just thought every Sunday I'm just gonna ask people if they want advice and I'll just write them in my stories and had you sort of stopped drinking then you were quite healthy you were uh, quite good. I was on my journey yeah but it was before I, I didn't know I was pregnant at the time it was just before it was I think I started about three weeks before I fell pregnant and it was a blessing because yeah. when I fell pregnant I went 
I put on so much weight. I went into such a dark place. I did, I put myself on a lockdown before lockdown was a thing. I didn't see anyone and I didn't do any work. I did, I don't think I made almost a penny in the whole, in a year. Yeah. But one thing I kept up was Agony on Sundays. And it was a platform I'd already set myself up just in time. So it gave me this sense of, okay, I have something I can give back. So even if I don't have anything for myself, even if I can't love myself, at least I can give other people advice and make them feel good. And I just threw myself into that. I, I, I lost my validation from the external. So I, for me, I was nothing. I had no, I couldn't have validation from the way I looked, from my work, from my friends, from my social life. And the only way I could validate myself was from my ability to help others. That was it. So from that, I basically just nurtured that part of me that already existed, but I hadn't really given attention to. So that by the time Wolf was born, my career exploded. So that's basically so cute, isn't it? How it's it so lovely. Yeah. How, it's so <laughs> lovely as well because obviously, like, you had a really, you often think, like, you're going to get pregnant and you're going to feel amazing and mm. float around in, like, floral <laughs> dresses and feel fabulous. But often people do feel shit or do feel, mm. like, scared or, like, what the fuck yeah. am I doing? Or how am I going to, I don't even know how to hold a baby. You have no experience of babies, really. <laughs> and suddenly you're, like, carrying one. So it's so lovely that actually out of that came something so positive Mm. and really genuine to you. Because like you said, you lose all those other things. Like you can't go out partying, you can't, you know, go shopping, you know, things that you think, oh, that a bit of retail therapy. So that really kind of got to your sort of true essence. Yeah, it really didn't. I haven't really thought about it like that until now. And yeah, really, it took me to my core. Yeah. And... I think, you know, with, and we'll get, we'll talk about manifesting later, but with manifesting and, you know, a big part of it is aligning your behavior and being your most authentic self. And without the loss of everything that I thought was making me who I was, and then realizing who I actually was underneath it all, I would never have been able to manifest. Yeah. And really, I mean, I manifest everything in my life now. Yeah. So it's a, it's a huge, huge part of who I am. Yeah, and I and I love because there's two things I love that you do the manifesting, and I love the the, the self love activist as well. I think that's like the got to be the cutest title ever. But <laughs> with the with the manifesting, so like for for me, like I know that thinking the old school thing was like, oh, just think positively, yeah, everything's yeah. gonna work out. And then like I was listening to it's like Joe Dispenza and all those brilliant people. They're like. Yeah. You know, 5%, if you're thinking positively, 5% of you is thinking positively. The other 95% is like terrified if that positive outcome doesn't happen. So then your subconscious is actually manifesting. Exactly. So that's like, okay, okay, okay. So how do we, so how, yeah. So how do you teach people to sort of, to work that out? Because obviously you had then have to look at all your subconscious Mm -hmm. or what you think about things to be able to properly manifest yeah. so so there's so I created like the ultimate like seven step guide to manifesting which is my webinars which the next one will be in January but before them and you're absolutely right one of the first things that I allow people to understand is that you don't manifest from your thoughts you manifest from your subconscious beliefs about what you deserve and from your self-worth and that's the kind of bottom line yeah then there's loads of there's there's lots of amazing steps that you can do which basically I researched everything I could about manifesting like I went in hard and listened to so many different speakers philosophers thinkers and basically put together like the succinct guide to like how it works but before I, that's why I do manifesting workshops and self-love. 
because self-love is a foundation of manifesting to do to be able to work on your subconscious that's the inner work and that's the stuff that you really need to dedicate your time to really yeah, yeah. to be able to remove those blocks remove the limiting beliefs remove the fears we also so many of us by the way have a fear of getting what we want it's not even a fear of not being able to get it we fear getting it because if we get it then what let's say someone wants to manifest loads of money okay they actually have a fear underlying somewhere there. If they get all that money, then who are they? If they've lived a, a life of scarcity and budgeting, and how will they actually feel when they have abundance? How will they change as people? Would their friends change? Will they be able to handle it? Is it, they are, you, you'll ask yourself questions like, yeah, but that's not really me, you know? So there's as much a fear of being happy as there, are, as there is of not getting it. So there's yeah. loads of work to do around it. But once you can start to identify all the fears, work through them, work on self-love, and then do all the other steps, honestly, manifesting is magic like yeah. it's fucking magic and there's yeah. no other way to describe it yeah and it works every single time yeah so you sort of so you take a subject like say your relationship and mm. and then you just really look at okay so you think about what you want but then you look at what what you're frightened of what people mm -hmm. have told you it's funny isn't it because I was thinking like family often you like your defenses are not up with your family you you kind of just accept facts from your family totally. like a sort of arrow yeah. so they might say oh you you know just casually they might say you know, you're never going to meet anybody or oh, marry someone rich or, you know what I mean? All these kind of things that sort of families just put yeah. into you. So the, to, in order to manifest, you have to go back into all of those things and yeah. work out what kind of gets brought up with each. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to go back to your authentic self. So you have to basically, I mean, you, if you think about yourself as a young child, the majority of people were incredibly confident. They were, there was no fear of embarrassment. I mean, you look at any child, you know, if they have a safe family home, there is this unwavering confidence. There's this self-belief. And then life happens. And when life happens, we find fear and we decide that we're not good enough. And then we keep um, sort of perpetuating that belief that we're not good enough until it becomes so ingrained in us that we don't think there's any other way so you just have to then start undoing everything that you've learned since you were five six seven every comment a family member made to you and heal those memories mm. so I always think one thing I've been talking about with some clients recently is resistance so where you feel resistant to something so you feel resistance towards let's say meditation or you feel resistance to therapy or resistance to any kind of healing self-development technique or resistance to let's say you kind of someone says to you look I want you to overcome this fear of that you're not worthy of a, a healthy romantic relationship mm. you can feel that resistance in you for some people they just think oh, I'm not ready I don't think no maybe I actually don't want a partner and I don't want to go there I don't want to do the work and when you find resistance that's when you know something needs to be healed yeah because people do go oh well I always do that you like sort of self-curse yourself a lot don't yeah. you like I used to say I'm always late I'm always late and then I was yeah. like hey, if you keep saying you're always late you are always going to be late yeah, yeah. so it's like what we 
our sort of words that we say to ourselves and how we talk about ourselves to other people are so powerful. Totally. You make a good point with that uh, saying, when I always think whenever you say comments like I'm always late or whenever a sentence starts with, that's just how I am or I've always been like that. That's just an old label that you're putting on yourself. It's an old idea that you have about yourself. And to be able to progress and grow, you have to start to let go of old ideas and stop thinking about who you are and think about who you want to be. Yeah. So that's sort of my... I talk about a lot, I explore that a lot in self-love yeah. because it really, it's about letting go of this old version of yourself. Yeah, so you just have to believe, you have to imagine where you want to be and who you want to be, the person that you want to be, mm. and then sort of embrace that and then go to that once and, you've and got rid of the blocks. Yeah. And do the work and yeah. commit yeah. and think what small change can I make today to get me closer to there tomorrow? Yeah. And then make another change the next day. But it has to, it's consistency. And it's also doing what you say you'll do. That's like a massive part of it. Mm. If you say you're going to commit to making these positive changes in your life, do it. Yeah. Honor yourself in that way. Yeah. Don't say, I'm going to start waking up every morning and then don't do it. I know some days it will be hard. Yeah. Absolutely it will be difficult. Some days you just want to fucking press snooze a hundred times. Yeah. And some days you need it your body needs it I'm not saying yeah. that sometimes your body needs it but you know the difference between your body needing something and you just be like making excuses and I think you should honour yourself and honour the fact that you need if you want the best in your life you need to make best, better choices yeah. and that's self love as well it's yeah. not always just like like you know giving yourself kind words that's fucking important but you also need to sometimes give yourself a kick up the arse yeah. to do the right thing <laughs> yeah we're just interrupting this episode to bring you a short message from a wonderful charity that we're supporting i am really happy to say that this podcast is working with the cross river gorilla project to raise awareness of the critically endangered cross river gorilla and support the local rainforest communities with only about 300 of these great apes remaining in the world, this comes at a crucial time. The Cross River Gorilla Project would love you to sign up to their website, which is free, and help share their story. You can also follow them on Instagram at Cross River Gorilla and see how you can make a difference. So with your self-love, mm. and I see that you have like really good routines, like, you know, you eat really well and you exercise a lot. And I know for me, like exercise is kind of more a mental thing. Mm. But do you have any times where you just go, you know what, fuck it, I'm not doing it? It's a funny balance, but I think first you just check in with yourself. Because like I said, let's like, when are you being just a bit fucking lazy yeah. and when are you listening to your body and honoring that you need rest because I definitely fall into the category of not honoring my body and when I need rest but I really that's something I've actually changed a lot because I, I reached burnout in September and I was getting panic attacks every night and I was not in a good place because I just yeah. was so overworked but with exercise I in lockdown I worked out every day I think I probably had four days off in five months. I just went yeah. turbo. And obviously my body was just like, and I love, like, I love it. And I was mm. enjoying it so much. So, But I had to actually teach myself that it was okay not to work out. And so now I found a really healthy balance of absolutely, I don't, I work out four times a week, sometimes five, but I have my days off and without any guilt, your body does need rest and recovery, which I know, but I sometimes didn't take my own advice. So definitely 
just feeling what your body needs. Usually, if I'm feeling a bit tired and I go for a run, I know that I'm going to feel better afterwards. And so mm. I always, I always, I, I know it's the first five minutes. So what I've done now is I always say to myself before I go for a run, I go, do, do 1K. And if at 1K you want to go home, go home. So I take off the pressure before I start. And then I'll do 10K. Yeah. Because there's no pressure around it. So I think for me, exercise is, it's yes, push yourself to do it because you will feel better. No one ever felt worse after a workout, but adjust it to what your body needs. So if you are feeling really lethargic, just do something like stretching, walking. And if you've got more energy, you know, yeah. do push yourself. But also remember that you're not doing... I, Marnie Alton, who's this uh, woman, I love her classes. She she spits wisdom in, her, in all her sessions. It's incredible. It's online. But one thing she always says, she says, you don't have to do it. You get to do it. And I think that is so beautiful and such a great way of looking at exercise. It's like you get to move your body yeah. and what a blessing. Yeah. And now I really feel so much gratitude. I'm, I am, I am, my body allows me to move in these ways that some people aren't fortunate enough to move in. And so when you've come at your exercise with that, you get to feel better. You get to move your body. You get to move your energy and improve your circulation and improve your heart and all these things. And seeing, taking the gratitude from that, I think it really helps you with your exercise um, in general. And then, you, then yeah, if you need a day off, have a day off yeah. and guilt-free. And then with food, I get asked about this a lot. I've been on a massive journey with food. I literally thought carbs were the devil. So for, to lose the six stone after having Wolf. Six stone. Mm. That's quite a lot, actually, mm, Yeah, yeah it? it's a lot. I got to 90 kilos. So it was, <laughs> I did not look like me. But I to lo- was so determined to lose it. And it was also alongside being a mum for the first time and working a lot. And I just went like crazy. I honestly, I wouldn't even touch. I thought an aubergine or a carrot were... I was like, no, too too high of carbs. Like, uh, for a year. Wow. Okay, so I really was very, very, like, I don't want to use the word crazy, but... Militant, it sounds Militant, like. <laughs> very militant. And I have, a, like, I have serious willpower. So for me, it was no issue. There wasn't a day where I was... People would say, don't you crave it? I'm like, no, I have a goal and I'll achieve it. Wow. So I wanted to get back to my pre-baby weight. And, you know, and I did. And I felt really good, but... I did it at the expense of, you know, my, I, I gave myself an eating disorder because when you cut out a food group and I didn't eat any refined sugar and I don't eat gluten or dairy for my intolerances, which are quite severe, but I gave myself an eating disorder and thinking about food consumed 70% of my day and I was exhausted. And at the beginning of lockdown, I was like, something has to shift because I'm driving myself mad. Like, Mm -hmm. this is not okay. And I can't have all this amazing success in my life and not be able to enjoy it because I can't go for a meal or I can't eat something that I like. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm not allowing myself to have any pleasure. So I was like, right, here's an experiment. Just eat what you want and uh, see what happens. You know, maybe it's not as scary as you think it's going to be because I had a fear of gaining the weight because for gaining the weight to me resembled or represented unhappiness yeah it wasn't that I was scared of being bigger it was for me that I associated being bigger with being unhappy so I was so afraid of going there so 
anyway, did this experiment. And it was it was in lockdown. Everyone was baking, so I was bloody doing Roxy's recipes. I was baking every day. I was eating fucking cake a cake a day. I mean, I just went went for it, and I felt great. And really, my body didn't change that much, but it was also not healthy balance because I was also going. And just eating all the time and everything. And then I was like, yeah, this is a bit much. <laughs> Gone the other way. Yeah. yeah. But I realized that the carbs are not fucking bad for you. In fact, they're great. And I found an enjoyment for food again. And now I have actually found that thing that I think most people are looking for, which is moderation. Yeah. So I never, when you said at the beginning, like, what do you do when you feel, eat loads and feel, I never eat, I never feel bad ever. Yeah. Like, I love... I was making pasta the other day. I have pasta, like, three, four times a week. I have a vegan magnum almost every day. I'm obsessed with them now. You know, and I was having a pasta with Wade, and I was like, oh, my God. For me, it was, like, not even a thought. I was like, should we have pasta tonight? We had pasta. I had some ice cream. Sat on the sofa. And I thought, before, I would have spent a week talking about having this pasta, and then I would have spent four days punishing myself for it by, like, making sure that I was, like, eating even less for a fucking bowl of pasta. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I think when you take off that pressure of thinking that food is good or bad and just going, I'm just eating it because I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying this experience. I'm eating what my body needs. I don't think you have... I really don't think you have the tendency to binge, inverted commas, you know. So I never... I don't eat just because I'm like, well, well, I fuck it. I've had an ice cream now. I might as well have 10. And so I have an ice cream and I really thoroughly enjoy the ice cream and then I leave it or I have some chocolate or whatever. I mean, I also eat refined sugar. I don't eat refined sugar. I don't eat gluten, which means I don't have like, you know, things like white carbs, like pa- mm. like white pasta or actually I eat gluten-free penne. Maybe that's why. Anyway, so I, I'm still relatively healthy, but my experience around food is is even healthier than that yeah and that's great because like you said you just it is a waste it's really annoying to be like constantly thinking about something like that yeah. it's kind of not worth the, it's a waste the of mental life. headspace yeah and even having been the, the like say lightest I've been I was I hated my body just as much as I did when I was 90 kilos yeah in my head the self-hate was still there yeah so I'm um, there's a you know there was you know a 35 kilo difference but the self hate was still the same yeah. maybe a little bit less but it was still there I wasn't didn't lose all the weight and then I was happy in how I looked and then I realized that that's what needed healing not the weight and I think it's like I was in a fortunate position where I'd got to this imaginary place where I wanted to get to I was like in my head this is where I want to get to and I got there and I realized that it didn't bring me the happiness I thought it would. I still have low self-worth and that's because I haven't healed my past. So that's where it's a fortunate position to be in, to get to the, it's like having success. You get all the things that you wanted to achieve and when you get them, you're like, this isn't filling the void I thought it would. And then you need to start the journey to healing. Yeah, 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 that's amazing. <laughs> you know what's amazing I think about the food thing as well, like how how quickly you can actually get yourself into an eating disorder or disordered mm-hmm. eating. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's a really scary thing to suddenly happen to people. Mm-hmm. And like you said, that sometimes the health food can be like, oh, it's kind of masks a uh, uh, disordered eating. But then the positive thing and the nice thing is that you can then, you can also get yourself out of it. It's a hard journey. And 
when you have an eating disorder, I think it's it's a real illness and I think it's not something that I it's not easy to get out of. It is possible and yeah. I think it's really nice to show people it's possible, but it is hard and it's hard because you're trying to overcome something whilst there's still being such a massive diet obsession and such a focus on beauty. However, I actually think this is changing and I do think there's a movement towards body diversity. I do think that people are bored of seeing... I mean, I think people are just understanding that yes. what they see on Instagram, that even those people don't look like those people, you know? Yeah. And I think, pe- I don't know, I think people are becoming more aware of it, but it still makes it very, but there is, because of Instagram and filters and photoshopping and all the rest, it makes it very difficult for people who are in a place where they have an eating disorder or they have disordered eating to be able to overcome it because they're faced with it there's so many triggers every yeah. day yeah and actually like you said that the the conversation around like body positivity and and people being like you know I'm happy and you know that mm. all this kind of that that narrative that is so much more is probably definitely helpful for people who are in that sort of you know difficult situation to kind of find people to follow that to be inspired by like you said it used to be like just 80 supermodels everywhere, you know, like yeah. that was it. That is beauty. That is success, yeah. you know. So it's, uh, yeah, things are changing. But you have to find it, don't you? You can't necessarily think you're going to you're gonna follow automatically on Instagram and find that. You, you, you do have to kind of think about curating your feed oh, yeah. to, to stuff that makes you feel Absolutely. good about yourself. Oh, I love that you said that. I think it's so true. Exactly. Curating your feed really important because we're looking at it you know aimlessly we're scrolling without we're not even consciously doing it so if we don't consciously decide who we follow or whose posts we see we're allowing ourselves to be triggered um, without control and we need to take responsibility for our part in that and be Mm. able to try and control what we see and what pictures we're looking at and information we're we're seeing yeah and and the instagram and everything is so new really isn't it and you know there's so much about it's just trying to keep your attention there so yeah whatever you're looking at you will get more of it which is good in some ways but it's also can be if you're in a dark space you know it's also not good yeah we've had to all learn like how to manage our phones haven't we and like you know i talk with my kids a lot like that like turn off the notifications don't let don't let everybody be able to get you every second of yeah. the day. You're like a ping pong machine. It's How like, do your ding, kids ding. find it? Because they're teenage, aren't they? Oh, they're like, oh, mum, nobody really cares. Just post it. Like, <laughs> what? You're still doing that same post? <laughs> so, what's that? Why have you put a filter on it? You know, they say things like, because I right. think, you know, they're not, they don't like that, obviously. And they mostly kind of use Snapchat and just send each other a quick picture of exactly yeah, what's yeah. going on, you know. They're not so much about sort of creating this feed, but um, yeah, yeah. You know, they. I. I think I, we definitely talk about looking at the screen time and suddenly going, "Oh my god!" You do you realize, you know, when you're aware of it, you suddenly go, "Shit!" I was on Instagram. It's like three hours or two hours or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You're like, what else could I have actually been doing in that time oh that might god. have been a bit more productive? Yeah. And so I think that when sure. you you kind of have to you, you you have to basically manage it. Basically, it's a brilliant thing, and it, it gives you access to so much and connects us with so much. But yeah, I think I'm trying to sort of teach the kids and myself 
how to kind of use it rather than be sort of used by yeah I love that that's so true yeah use it rather than be used by it I love that yeah it's hard I mean I'm I'm addicted to my phone I have to say it's really bad I definitely am getting better but you know especially when you work for yourself you don't stop like you don't switch off and so I'm having to force myself to you know put my phone down in the evenings and you know Instagram is still you know, we, I, I've healed lots of parts of me, but I still am desperate to be liked. So that is still big for me. Yeah. Um, so I still, I want to... For I was going to say, it's working, it's working. <laughs> Everyone is loving. You have a very loyal group of uh, followers, I have amazing you? followers, yeah. but I still, like, I, I guess I do use, you know... It's with, I think it's within a lot of us. We all, we, that that kind of need to be liked. And mm. it's not really talked about because it sounds so like, it doesn't sound great. Even I'm like, no. oh God, it's so embarrassing. But I do, I want people to like me. I want yeah. people to think that I've helped them. I want yeah. to be able to have them to think nice things of me. And because I've been nice, yeah. right? Because I, that for me helps me with my self-worth. It's not healthy necessarily, yeah. do you know what I mean? But I definitely still use Instagram to validate that. Yeah, I think I, so, it, I think that's the thing though. We all want to be understood. And it's like when you're really, and that's what I love about the kids, so they'll suddenly say something like that and I'll be going, oh my God, you know, that's of course, that is me spending too long on that. Or or one of your good friends will say, oh, you know, don't just relax. You always don't, you always nail it, whatever yeah. they do. And I so it's it's kind of like you want to be like, but it's kind of I guess we say like because of the like button and everything yeah, like that. Yeah. But really, it's kind of people just understanding you and being because we we really want to be part of a community. So if people, you know, you just want to be representing yourself yeah, in yeah. in a way that people and I think you do that brilliantly because you're very transparent and lovely. So yeah, I, I mean, see. I definitely still get instagram anxiety like i find when i for example if i post a picture of me in my gym kit i on one hand i'm like well this is my body and i'm proud of it and i want to post a picture of me in my gym kit because i'm talking about exercise and on the other hand i'm like oh god everyone thinks i'm being vain and those things still cross my mind so i'm definitely really conscious of like people are following me for self-development and i should only post self-development and this is my thing about needing to be liked so i even though i do you know what I mean? It's yeah, kind of but weird. Yeah, you, but you have to be real because, too, right? Yeah, because it's like, it's like you want to be proud of yourself as well. If you just posted all the stuff about like, oh, well, I was terrible at this and I yeah. failed. Like actually, I, you you are uplifting people and people want to see, mm. you know, and it's like a marketplace Instagram, isn't it? And there's all this kind of hate and, you know, vitriol on, on there. But actually you want, you know, you go there to look at nice pictures and positive images and, you know, good messages. So actually... That, that's that's your stall, you know. Yeah. That's, that's kind of it's true. You are. It's like you gotta have lights and flowers. And, yeah, you know. no, it's so true. What I wanted to ask you because, to me, you're like so consistent and prolific, and I'm like God. And she works. I'm sure she's working from home a lot. Like so, and you've got a young son. Yeah. So how do you how do you relax and how do you kind of get your work life balance? Still working on it. Um, like I've said, I'm i'm really ambitious so and i have a lot of different projects so my mind is always flipping from one to the other i'm developing a brand or two so it's there's always stuff on so like i said i reached burnt out in burnout in september where i was really not i thought i was having like a breakdown 
but whilst also still being really happy and content and feeling good yeah but just like oh my god i can't take this just I don't know overwhelmed just so overwhelmed thing, yeah. yeah yeah and my brain was not stopping it was manic which is why i kept having panic attacks so for me now finding that balance and actually that all came to a head where that's when i had that thing where it's like all the things on my vision board that i wanted to do i had done and I was like, what's the point in doing it all if you can't enjoy it? So for me, it's just like taking time to do things I can enjoy. So I really enjoy going out for a meal, which we haven't been able to do for a long time. Mm. So I make sure I schedule in going out for a meal once a week to, in- to enjoy it. I try and put my phone down for two hours in the evening. Um, do you before you go to bed yeah do you and you don't look at it before you go to sleep no no I'll look at it but as in it will be in the other room for the evening while I'm like watching a documentary or talking to Wade or with a friend or whatever it is and I have started booking in facials again just like self-care which I didn't have felt like I didn't have time for and obviously I exercise is for me my wind down as well meditation is something I crave like I really I will meditate every day in some capacity whether it's three minutes of breathing or a 20 minute breathwork session whatever so it's every day just finding time to just slow down yeah and slow down and just and embrace what is and I I don't really get too what I don't really worry about the future yeah just just sort of be but it's nice with yeah. yoga and exercise as well because it sort of makes you really present. I used to go to yeah. hot yoga and I realised the thing that I think I loved about it is that no one can talk in there. Yeah. It's oh like, it God, was I'm like so, so I really hot. want to do a hot yoga. I know, I don't know if you can do it anymore. But Where? it's probably like the last thing you can do now. But oh I loved God. it. But oh, it's the best. I think it's because you you're just in there and you're like... And when you're doing stuff like that, I suppose the, the common like misconception is that I haven't got time to exercise, but I find actually that if I'm trying to work something out and then I go and exercise, A, I have more energy afterwards, but often I've kind of just processed the thing oh, that yeah. I was trying to work out. It gives out. you so much mental clarity. Yeah. Well, from anything, if you're too close to anything, you can't see it for what it is. So no matter what you're going through, you have to get space to get perspective. And that space might be going out in nature, it might be exercising, it might be meditating. But you need space to see. Yeah. I was going to ask you for your five top tips for creating and maintaining a great life balance. Because you obviously create, you, you need to create the success yeah. to then have to balance it yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I would say mindfulness. So by that, I mean just simply being present in each moment. So when you're at work, be present. When you're off work, be present in that moment. And mindfulness is a practice that you need to work at yeah. and the more you the more conscious you become of your thoughts in each moment you gain so much self-awareness and then it's so much easier to be mindful so that meditation is included in that but mm. it's mindfulness is a bit different yeah I mean I could do a whole fucking session on mindfulness <laughs> yeah. oh my god the second would be find especially if you're a mum I mean I think it's remembering that being off work and being with your kids is not really, that's not off time. Yeah. Although we enjoy being with our children, we're still being something for someone else. So you really do have to find something that is just for you, not your partner, not anyone. So if that is just going for a blow dry, if that is going to a class, whatever, but it has to be away from anybody else's needs and that includes your families such good advice because sometimes people can be you can be at home with your kid and say the partner then comes back and then you're 
they're together with the child mm. but that's and you think oh now I'm not on my own but you're still actually actively kind of parenting oh, so you need never like off, yeah. you actually need to put that baby down and go somewhere Absolutely. and do something yeah yeah that would be two three um would be I think just being organized really I'm big on organization organization at home um with your routine in any way I mean I said to Wade yesterday because we were in the kitchen and when I moved I had I put everything in its place everything I basically married Kondo is that how you say it I I basically did that in the flat and I save so much mental energy each day and I just noticed yesterday I was like I never need to wonder where something is yeah. and that saves me time and that helps my overall balance of life yeah. and having you know time organization just I think just, yeah being organized will help you to like carve out real proper time for work proper time for relaxation proper time for family and stuff like that yeah. another one would be massage <laughs> yeah I really believe in the power of like massage. 10 minutes of touch reduces your cortisol and lymphatic massage as well helps to shift energy, deep tissue, but it's all shifting energy around the body. Um, I think in terms of calming your nervous system down, which is really key to having a work-life balance and especially because we don't have touch at the moment. Um, We don't have that ability as much. Mm -hmm. There's not that connection with others. I would say booking an at-home massage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nice, um, yeah. And just being with... I I think, yeah, probably turning off notif- like email notifications when you're not working. Yeah. It's like a good one, just because yeah. you're not triggered by thinking what... It, you can't not look at an email. It's like addictive, isn't it? That yeah. ping, you're like, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least turn the sound off. Exactly. Yeah. So I think those would be mine. Is that yeah. five? Yeah, that's five, yeah. Mm. Amazing. That's so good. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. You have been an amazing guest. Oh my God, I feel like we covered so much. I know, <laughs> me too. I know, we just kind of went... Who knew I had so much to say? I feel like I always have so much to say. <laughs> so, you know, I love the organisation bit, actually, because I recently, for me, I've been like, right, well, if I get my gym stuff in the morning ready that for the morning the night before... I'm much more likely to get up and just put it on. Yeah. And for to creating a bit of space for yourself. Actually, if you do think, right, this is going to take, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. That sort of organisation is really, that is really a good, yeah. important thing to do. It yeah. is. It just makes life easier, more manageable. It's good feng shui as well, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It like kind of flows. Definitely working here because it's just so, it's a very calming environment yeah. as well, like being yeah. here because it's, I can see like everything's just, nicely in a place and, <laughs> and the soft lighting and like yeah. comfy sofas and <laughs> thank you, know, you yeah I definitely enjoy a glass of wine on the sofa I think I might have one tonight. yeah I know <laughs> you definitely should thank you so thank much you very Jenny. much thank, thank you. you thanks so much for listening to this episode please take a moment to rate or review the show and also share it with anyone that you think might enjoy it you can follow me on instagram at tilly at home with or email me Tilly at home with at gmail.com.